Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me, my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Cacao! Well, it is Star Wars Day, so happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, everybody. Even though this is going to come out on like May 5th or May 6th. Just pretend it's yesterday. Revenge of the 5th and the 6th. <laughs> it, it works. Um, I, mean, I still think Star Wars Day should be May 22nd, so maybe just don't listen to it till then. Disney Plus wants you to think it's today because they released a crap ton of Star Wars content on it. That's which correct. Which we'll talk about a little bit of. So yeah, we want to take, in, in honor of Star Wars Day and Disney's excitement about uh, Star Wars Day, we wanted to, to take a look back at the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars series, actually Star Wars The Clone Wars series that has been going on, I think it's like 2008, that had had a couple final seasons at this point, but this is supposed to be the final final season, which I'm still giving like semi air quotes. Uh, but the, the last episode dropped today, and so we just kind of wanted it to talk about the series as a whole, where it came from, what exactly it is, and uh, whether the final season's worth watching or what, what's great about it. Despite the fact that this series is all the way now in 2020, this all started in 2003 with a different series called Star Wars Clone Wars. Now, this one is Star Wars Clone Wars. The first one was just Clone Wars, right? No, no, this one's Star Astra. Wars, the Clone Wars. The other one's Star Wars Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, 2003, it's a 2D animated. It was a bunch of shorts, actually. It was made and released in the time in between uh star wars episodes two and episode three and it was supposed to be kind of like fun little vignette stories to bridge the gap and i don't think it was intended to be nearly as successful or popular as it was uh but it's got this really cool art style uh again it's the same guy who does samurai jack but it's just it's a very cool almost like westerny kind of feel to a lot of the episodes uh and it besides just being an interesting fun animated star wars story to kind of fill that interesting gap in the timeline it also introduced some interesting characters that we've carried on since then including general grievous who's way cooler in that series than he is in anything else he's ever been in and asajj ventress yeah this, yeah, this one i show. What, wasn't it i think it was almost intended to just basically be like toy commercials yeah but no, they absolutely turned out it, was. To be, <laughs> it turned out to be really really fucking cool toy commercials uh yeah i i love this i i love how little dialogue there is in it it's a it's mostly just cool imagery i love that they were able to do you know just you know take jedi powers to you know like a batshit crazy level uh, <laughs> particularly in the mace windu episode that yeah. mace windu episode is banana for some reason now this one's not canon and i don't really know why that seems like something you might know jones why is this one not canon i just think uh when disney took on the property Basically, everything that didn't directly have George Lucas's name on it, they got rid of. I don't know for a fact that that's the case, but that's what it feels like. Isn't there some female Jedi who dies like four times in oh, yeah. various things? There that is. I think that might be part of it, but I'm not sure. But anyways, this is, this is a great fucking show. I like the first volume more than I like the second volume. The second volume tries a little harder to tell a story, and I think that's not as much fun. But uh, but overall, it's all really good. I will say when I was leaving my job in Niceville, uh, my last week there, I got stripped of like all of my responsibilities and ability to like work on anything. And so I just sat down and watched this whole series like straight through. And it's a little jarring that way because it's intended to be like five to ten minute shorts or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, 
but it's still pretty spectacular. I mean, I imagine watching particularly that first volume all in once is just like having Star Wars scream at you. For it, it, it really is. Um, this was followed up with the movie, though, correct? The, well, well after, yes. So this was 2003, yeah. uh, which, again, was right before uh, Episode 3 came out. But several years later, 2008, uh, Disney released a animated movie in kind of this 3D cell-drawn animation. Pretty clearly, I feel like, you know, not that all Star Wars isn't for kids, but clearly marketed, I feel like, more towards children uh, called Star Wars The Clone Wars, where mostly the plot is... Anakin Skywalker gets a a Padawan named Ahsoka Tano, and I don't even remember what the mission is in that movie. They they've got to save a rival. No, actually, it's Jabba the Hutt's son, right? It's Jabba the Hutt's baby. Oh, it is. Oh God, that's so terrible. And the baby farts a lot. Yes, this is the most farting ever in any Star Wars. In any Star Wars, yeah. Um, yeah it's amazing yeah. that this property survived after this because this movie is terrible. Well, the, the 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 show was already in production, right? And this was just two or three episodes that they thought they could stick together and make a movie out. That's of. the I'm amazing. Like it, you were absolutely correct. So this came out in August, and the actual series came out in October. So it's, you know, the movie is just a, a hype machine for the uh, for the show in just a couple months. But it is like if you're gonna pick just some random episodes or some random storyboards you might have had for this show in the you know, because clearly like, animation takes forever. Like, they clearly had ideas of what the other episodes were going to be like. It's hard for me to believe that this was like, this is, this is our best foot forward, you know? I feel like the reason they probably picked this one, and, my, you know, my thing with this is the seasons of Clone Wars are a lot like the Harry Potter books. You know, if you start watching the first season as a kid or you start reading the first Harry Potter book as a, as a little kid, they sort of, each one grows up with it. So, I mean... I think that's probably what this was. This one, you know, this one was not for us. It was, it was little kid bait. And uh, the, really the, the biggest carryover into, from this into the Clone Wars series is the introduction of Anakin's Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, who anybody who hasn't seen the series or Rebels would not be aware of. But she's a great character that gets expanded on in, in a lot of other, uh, you know, in the Clone Wars and Rebels and, and in other media. Uh, but, but I think there are a lot of Star Wars fans who would consider themselves Star Wars fans who've never heard of Ahsoka Tano. It, but, you know, this, the thing is, with this movie, it seems like she's going to be annoying. She For turns sure, yes. out to be a great character. But in this, in this movie, you know, I can remember specifically thinking, oh, this fucking bullshit. This is what we're going to have to deal with. We're going to have to have a shitty Robin for Jedis. But, uh, but I was totally wrong about that. She's a great character. George wanted to retcon Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan goes to visit Yoda and he's talking to the Padawans. There's a little Togruta girl in there. And George wanted to like go in and CGI and make her face, Ahsoka's <laughs> face. And people were like, no, it's okay. Like, not every Togruta needs to be Ahsoka Tano. But. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, that sounds like a George Lucas thing to do. I'm the timeline say, doesn't add I wouldn't have minded it. And yeah, the timeline doesn't add up, but you know, whatever. I mean, you know, if, you know, if Greedo's going to shoot first, why not do that? But, but I think that, that brings us to the, the actual Clone Wars series, which again has kind of well outlasted what I think it probably should have based on that initial movie from, from 2008, again, with some, some starts and stops from then till now with seven seasons in total. Uh, and it's kind of a, uh, it's an anthology series, 
sort of following the Jedi, sort of just following general heroes in that universe on, ser- uh, I guess, a non-serialized episodic basis uh, that bridges that gap between episodes two and three. So it's just a bunch of stories in that lore of the Clone Wars. Um, some of them yeah. inter- intersect and some of them don't. Some of them are arcs and some of them are just one-offs. I think this show really, like, kind of to Jehu's point, it progresses really well. Uh, and then like season three, which I, I, I think I've heard Dave Maloney talk, like they intentionally made changes to Ahsoka to make her more relatable and make even grow her up a little bit as a character. Mm. Um, to season three, man, they hit its stride. And I highly recommend this show if you consider your Star Wars, yourself a Star Wars fan and you've never watched it. Um, in, in my opinion, it's probably the best of Star Wars. Even though there are some annoying episodes like you know anything that R2 and and 3PO are the leads in you can probably skip but you get introduced to great characters like Cad Bane, Massage Ventress, you get follow up on characters you never thought you were going to see again like Darth Maul like it's and their stories are crafted so well they're they're really they they fulfill that desire as fan service but also to tell a story that you didn't know you wanted to see I know, I know this sounds crazy because obviously George Lucas invented Star Wars as much as anyone invents anything. But I, I, re, I really believe that uh, Dave Filoni, who made both the movie and the series, uh, just like gets Star Wars better than George Lucas gets Star Wars. Well, I would say that it, he maybe gets it better than anybody. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. Um, and the I think one of the other things that the, the, I, I really, so it's a, it's a, Series, I think, you know, designed for kids, not necessarily like kitty kids, but somewhere in that, I don't know, maybe like 8 to 12 range would be my guess. I don't know how old kids are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how kids develop. I don't really at all. But as as Christian's saying, it, it kind of develops a lot of themes and mythology that you really like about Star Wars that like you've fleshed out in your imagination, maybe, or, or just wondered about that they bring to life. Um, And one of the other things I think they do really good with this period is they introduce kind of personalities and like story arcs for the clones and like the clones as a whole and kind of as specific individuals have their own arcs that are a lot about being like clones. Um, And that's really interesting because it's something that's not really addressed ever in the, in the movies. And man, the, the, the voice actor who does that, I'm not sure of his name, but you know, I know voice actors doing multiple roles is not an uncommon thing, but he's doing an army that all has the same voice, <laughs> right? but he still finds a way to make them individual characters. Right. That's good shit. It is you good know? shit. Yeah. Uh, I would say the one thing, one of the things that I would want to talk about that Clone Wars does well before we move to the show is it's the best Anakin Skywalker. For sure. I was just getting to that too. Totally. It's it, uh, Joseph just said things you imagine. This is the Anakin I always imagine. Yeah, he's relatable. You understand how he can turn to the dark side, what the appeal is, but at the same time, you understand why Obi Wan talks about him the way he does when he first, when when they have this first conversation with Luke about him being this hero of the Clone Wars. Like he's just, um, you know, Jay, you've compared him to John Wayne a lot. Like he just doesn't care. He's gonna get the job done, and he's gonna look cool while he's while he does it. (laughs) And uh, yeah. This, I mean, this show is really the best version of Anakin. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, Hurt mentioning 
adding Ahsoka as kind of like a shitty Robin in in the Clone Wars definitely like it, it does seem that way. But she, she like she and him and Obi Wan provide just really great foils for each other and like their relationship to this idea of like the Jedi and a lot of what the series you know explores, which explores a lot of this lore, is kind of this dissociation from like goodness and like the lightness in the forts to necessarily the Jedi council and it's like processes and it's ideals. Um, and so a lot of what happens to Anakin and a lot of what happened that like, gets discussed over the series, isn't necessarily like the light side versus the dark side. It's kind of just the Jedi versus or, are the Jedi really as good as they say that they are? Are they really, you know, looking out for the best for everybody? Yeah. I, I, you hit it on the head, Joseph. It's the, the, the concept of Ahsoka is a great foil for Anakin because um, while she's the exact same as Anakin, but teeters a little bit more on the light, whereas Anakin maybe teeters a little bit more on the dark. They're both kind of hot shots that don't really necessarily agree with the tradition of the Jedi Council. And when she pulls too far one way, he pulls her the other. And, and you can she's a, a good foil so that you can see the two sides of Anakin. For but sure. Anakin, it's particularly fun because I feel like it forces Anakin to, to toe the, the Jedi line more than he naturally would if he didn't have a Padawan. Yes. Yeah, for sure. The other thing they do is they make Obi-Wan a three-dimensional character and give him depth in that that he also has teetered that line. And while he maybe came out of that ba- inner battle, that he it's why he can relate to, to Anakin in ways that maybe other members of the Jedi Council can't. They just see an arrogant kid where Obi-Wan sees someone that he really relates to. And now we kind of understand why that is. For sure. Uh, so if we haven't made it clear, even though I'm not going to say that every single episode of The Clone Wars is the best thing that you'll ever watch, I think the vast majority of them are pretty good to really good. And I think that the its contributions to this lore and this particularly this part of the the universe, which I, you know, as somebody who watched the movies, I felt like had a lot of potential and a lot of interesting things that didn't necessarily like pay off the way that I wanted them to. And so if, if you are even remotely interested in any of the things that we're talking about, if you have even remotely wanted to like Anakin more, learn a little bit more about this period in the star Wars universe, I highly, highly recommend watching this show. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's good star Wars shit. Uh, you it know, is. <laughs> I, I think, uh, Probably, I, I, I'll still always go original trilogy is the best Star Wars thing, but this is the second best Star Wars thing. All of that, that being such a popular show, and it got can't, it, it was on Cartoon Network, got brought off, Disney bought it. They did one season of like unreleased episodes that are pretty good. Um, right. But because of that, the Cartoon Network one had a finite ending. And when they redid that sixth season of miscellaneous episodes, it it, it kind of lost that closure. Right. So there's been a lot of demand um, for a seventh season, which brings us to what we now have, which is a final quote unquote, I'm with you. I'm not entirely certain that's <laughs> true. Uh, season of clone wars, uh, which is in three, four episode arcs, all leading up to the siege of Mandalore. Um, so before we get like in the nitty gritty, I'm assuming we're going to talk about, you know, the, the, uh, the arcs in general, but do we, uh, do we want to talk about our feelings? It's funny because I felt like this season represented how I feel about this whole series, uh, so well, because like the first arc, I liked the concept and I liked a lot of the execution, but there were just certain elements that I felt were 
really kitty and kind of threw me off from like getting fully immersed in it, but I still like I had a good time. And then I feel like the second arc, I hated almost everything about it. <laughs> and the characters drove me crazy and they're just real unlikable and dumb. And I, I was not on board with any of it. And then the third part of it was exceptional. It's so, so good. And I just feel like that's how this show is for me. You watch one episode and you're like, oh yeah, this is fun Star Wars stuff. And then it's like, ooh, is this good Star Wars stuff? And then the next episode is, ooh, this is great Star Wars stuff. <laughs> well, I I liked it all. I was going to bag on the second arc a little bit, but actually Jones said something just a few minutes ago that talked me into loving it. So when we get to that arc and talking about it, I'll explain what I'm talking about. But yeah, I'm going to say all 12 episodes. I like, I do agree that it's, it, it, it's weird that the, that the first two arcs, this being the final season were almost candy coated. Like it, it felt like they could have done well, more with them, but so apparently, but I, apparently those were existing episodes that they never actually fully fleshed out. Um, so uh, I, I think they just kind of tacked those in there, and, and really the last the last season, quote unquote, is just those last four episodes that they right. made specifically for this. Yeah, I uh, I probably probably felt pretty similar to you guys. I really liked the first four episodes. The first arc I was really into, and that, Joseph, to what you just said, is a sequel to a season three storyline about Echo getting kidnapped that I don't think ever got released. I mean, the Echo getting kidnapped did, but the, the Bad Batch stuff never did. The, the first Ahsoka arc, I did not love, but the more I've thought about it, the more I've come around to it, because I can see why it needs to exist, whether I like it or not i i understand why it's there and why it needed to be there um those last four episodes that last arc is 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 the best it would have been the best star wars movie disney has made um, <laughs> yeah yeah 100 i don't know why they didn't release it as a movie it's well a, i mean they, they definitely they definitely kind of played it that way versus mm-hmm. the other ones which have you know they have the, the kind of the episode of the week there's like a quote there's like an intro of recap yeah. and they they played the last four very cinematically which i felt was just like you know just jump in <laughs> yeah and it, and it played well for it yeah. um i i really really enjoyed those four episodes and i would i would love even if they released it as a movie now even though i know what's going to happen if they release those four episodes as like a out 90 minute like movie experience i would go and watch it yeah yeah uh, obviously i would probably put this as I mean, maybe in my opinion, overall quality throughout the whole thing, I think is probably the second best season of, of Clone Wars. Uh, and it ends incredibly strong. I mean, I think, I think that's what's dragging it up higher than it might otherwise be, but that's fair. <laughs> it's just so hard to think that they came up with a second ending that is as good as the first. Yeah, well, yeah, I, totally. I, I will say to me, the ending for this reminded me a lot of the, uh, that Breaking Bad movie we got a little bit ago. In that the yeah. first, the original ending for me is still like the ending. Like that's the one that, that hit me the hardest. That's the one that I remember. Uh, and this one, I, I loved it. I had a great time. It's more of all the things that I enjoyed about the series. If, if that hadn't, I mean, obviously it hadn't existed before this and I was perfectly fine with it. But I, I think like you can still take it out and that original ending still, you know, holds up on its own. Yeah. So we want to get into spoilers. Yeah, so this is all spoilers. For, but anyway, the point is, watch Clone Wars. Uh, Definitely watch if, Clone Wars. If, if you haven't watched it. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's get into uh, to the final season here, starting with the first arc, which I'll, I'll just call, the what do you want to call it? The Echo Rescue? The Bad Batch? I think I the think bad, bad Batch. batch. All right, yeah. the Bad Batch. Yeah. 
you want to go, Christian? You have, are much more immersed in this lore than I am. Yeah, Clone Trooper Echo is kidnapped at one point in the show. Um, Rex, believing that he's alive on a mission, they find a secret signal or code that Rex believes is uh, Echo giving intel to the Separatists. So he hires a ragtag group of oddball clones uh, on a rescue mission where they go and save Echo. Um, introduced to the Bad Batch, which is... Uh, like kind of like what Jay was talking about. What an impressive voice acting performance from that guy! <laughs> right, playing all these different characters that share, you know, look, personality, and voice, and yet all making them feel different. It was super impressive. Um, I really like these episodes. I like the clone episodes in general, and uh, I, I thought these were. I mean, they're not the best but i think they're really solid um i was a bit surprised that we did not get the answer to the uh for rex's chip in this episode mm. or in these episodes um but uh i would i would give these probably a b plus I, I was i was pretty into them i like them too like the things that drive me crazy about the clone episodes are the clone naming <laughs> because again i get that it's a kid's show but the the names of the bad batch people are hunter because he's good at hunting things crosshairs because he's a sniper uh wrecker because he wrecks things and tech because he's good at tech well that means a kid show i know (laughs) see i don't even think this is very kids i think that the, the the bad batch is 80s action movie this is like if predator happened in the middle of uh in the middle of Star Wars, and I'm not talking Predator the creature. I'm talking right, right. Predator like the group of you know mercenaries out in the woods. I liked them. I'm, I I I think it's a shame that they showed up at the end because I'd like to see more of them. Yeah, uh, to your '80s action hero point, there's one that literally looks like John Rambo. For sure, one looks like John Rambo. Yeah, but I mean, these this was a good way to get back into it. Um, yeah, and you know. It, it, Saved a lot of the payoff. You know, I think a lot of people went in this wanting to know what was going on with Ahsoka. And this was just a good story to help you kind of readjust back to that Clone Wars format. Well, uh, I, also again, think, I liked it. I think you needed a good clone arc for what was coming up for it to have the payoff. You sure, needed to yeah, get yeah. back into, here's what the clones are about. They're not just cookie cutters. They, they're, they're people. Yeah, and particularly this one focuses a lot on uh, on Rex, who's a, a recurring clone in this series, and a lot of it is kind of his emotions getting in the way of his, you know, or, or a lot of people assuming that his emotions are getting in the way of, of his tactical decisions because he just desperately wants to save his his companion Echo that he you know he had been with, I, he trained with, right, in in like one of the first episodes. Yep, yep. Echo and him are from the same like group. D. Bradley Baker by the way, is the voice of the clones that just hit me while you were talking. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like it's, it's a, it, as far as like the mechanics of the episode, it's a fairly straightforward, like snatch and grab kind of thing from, you know, behind enemy lines. I will say the actual extraction of Echo from like, he's supposed to be hooked up to, to all these uh, separatist machines that are using his brain to create battle plans based on what the clones think like. And uh, the actual extraction is really frightening, I felt like. If I was a kid, I feel like that those like that imagery would really stick with me. Yeah. How good is the animation in this season? Like it's, it's really good. Cut above. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's it's so good that it's like, why are we even still making live action? <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I think that it probably settles it on that one. We can move on to the, the Ahsoka one. I'm here. I'm curious to hear both Joseph's trashing of it and Jehu's reason for liking it. Um, and this one, we have Ahsoka right after she leaves the Jedi Academy and uh, journeys to the lower levels of Coruscant where she meets some um, underbelly individuals and uh, ends up going on a spice raid with them. Uh, that turns sour, and they become enemies to the Pike Criminal Empire. Um, Joseph, what, 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 do you want to trash this thing first so Jehue and I can build it back up? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's not terrible. Like, I don't mind this idea of Ahsoka's like all by herself. She crash lands in this place that's kind of a rough and tumble joint. She meets new people who kind of soften to her because she's so soft to them, you know? Um, but also she learns kind of what the rest of the world sees, you know, how the rest of the world sees the world and the Jedi and like daily life and morality and stuff. And I think all that's good. My problem is the people that she meets are fucking awful. I wish she had crash landed on any other platform. <laughs> I hate, I hate both of the Martez sisters. One of which is like this naive mechanic girl who, uh, just doesn't know shit about shit. Uh, except for her, how to make a starship from scratch, apparently, but not fly it. And her sister, her older sister, who just seems really bad at making deals. What? What is? What were their names? What were the, their names? Trace and Rafa. Okay, Trace yeah. and Rafa. Here is the thing: I I hated Trace, kind of like Rafa. You would, and I was, <laughs> and I, I was trying to figure it out, and I, I figured out what it is. They're both, you know, Han Solo types. <laughs> and and an essential component of a Han Solo type is cool hair. And Trace's hair is fucking awful. Whereas Rafa's hair is pretty cool. Is that why you liked it, Jay? <laughs> no, that's not, that's, not, that's, that's not why I like the episode. Why I decided I liked the episode from what you were just saying is actually I think this was pretty essential to what is different about Ahsoka than Anakin. They both have a problem with the sort of I don't know, the bureaucracy of the Jedi, the sort of formalities of the Jedi, the the sort of traditions they're trapped in. But the difference is, at the end of the whole thing, Anakin decides, well, the Jedi are bad, so the whole thing is bad. Whereas, Whereas Ahsoka sees in this arc that, well, even though I don't agree with the Jedi, what the Jedi stand for and what the Jedi do, I do still believe in that. And that's why I don't not only think it's a good arc, but I think it was essential leading up to the next arc. Yeah. I, All right, you're it, turning it me around. That's actually a, a very convincing point. <laughs> it's it's very necessary for Ahsoka and where she ends up at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very essential for Ahsoka for when we meet her, you know, in Rebels, that you would you always kind of ask your yourself if this person who is a force user and a, and a fairly strong force user has existed in this universe why would we've never seen her why is she not training a new uh, jedi academy of people and this episode arc kind of tells you why in that like just like you said ju she she sees the advantage but she sees the problems and she doesn't really have the answer on how to fix either and so she just does her part to try to make the world a better place um, while she can. And I think that's really, really important. Um, I, I can't stand the two sisters. Um, I do feel like this whole arc could have been two episodes instead of four. Yeah. 
The other thing I think this arc tries to do and whether, and, and again, I say it's necessary. I don't know if that's true or not, but one thing the Clone Wars does as a whole is kind of take things that are unpopular in the Star Wars movies and tries to give them like new life or new purpose. For sure it does, and yeah. These four episodes try to be a rebuttal for Solo. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It definitely ties in with Solo probably more than any other Star Wars movie. And uh, I liked that aspect of it since I like Solo. Yeah, agreed. I I, I think that's actually important. Uh, I think it helps establish Solo that is it is a part of this universe and that these things that occur in that movie, those machinations began during the Clone Wars and during this period. We see that Maul has a different plan, that he's not really banking on Mandalore, that he's setting up Crimson Dawn mm-hmm. and his control over the, you know, these drug runners. Um, and, and I think that that is important. Not that I think Solo is a bad movie. It's just that it can be forgotten and not included. Right, and right. If you watch the show and you see those events, you're like, okay, well, now I want to watch Solo and see how that directly connects to all of these things. Right. And instead of, instead of Solo, which I think to a lot of people, probably including myself to some degree, is, you know, feels a little removed from a lot of like what's going on in the Star Wars universe, just feels like it's setting up, you know, the stuff that we already know. Uh, this kind of contextualizes it and gives it like, Here's, here's a shadow layer of this universe that you hadn't seen that's happening at the same time as all this other stuff that you, you get to see on the surface, uh, which I do think is, is good. <laughs> well, and also, you know, it seemed like the end of Solo was sitting up for more that we'll probably never get. Yeah. But this sort of, this sort of you know, gerrymandering turns it around to where it's not a setup for more, it's payoff from Clone Wars. Yeah. So that leads us to the final arc. Correct. Of- Clone Wars, which I which I I love this because this I to me this felt like I and I'm sure this was intentional, but like you know the whole series started with a movie. I feel like they just made an ending movie split up yep. over four episodes with a lot of with most of the same uh, lead cast, really. Yeah. Well, the amazing thing about th- this final arc is how little Anakin and Obi Wan were actually in it, but how much they were felt. Sure. Right. Which I think is a kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the Clone Wars as a series. There are tons of episodes that Anakin and Obi Wan aren't the leads in, but they are the central characters of this story, and all of their decisions matter and affect everybody else. So even that we could tell the story about the end of the the Clone Wars and the rise of the Empire, and like two of the five main characters. Uh, who who have been the central characters of this show aren't in it at all. But you know, if you've watched Revenge of the Sith, you know exactly what Anakin and Obi Wan are doing at every moment in these episodes. Yeah, it lines up really well with it. Uh, so, I actually, one of the first things I like is that again, even though the episodes aren't necessarily focused on Anakin and Obi Wan, the, the first part of the first episode, we just get kind of our hero introductions to Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, in, in the middle of a, a grand battle. And uh, I don't know, that was really fun. It was fun to, to do that kind of intro again. It was, I mean, it was, it was very good catching you up on, okay, this is what these guys have been like on this show. Right, exactly. What I, what I, what I thought about in that scene was, you guys remember when Anakin and, and Obi-Wan enter the throne room and, and Dooku comes out and Anakin's like, 
I'm twice as powerful as I was before or whatever. <laughs> I, I immediately, that was playing in my head that Anakin just has got to this point where he's like, I can do whatever I want. Right. Well, I mean, just right off the bat, when this episode starts, it, you know, it lets you know it's not kidding around. The music is different. The intro is different. Uh, you know, I'm not someone who usually always thinks that wants to go with dark Star Wars is the best Star Wars because I kind of think if you think that, you don't really like Star Wars. But this is some really good dark Star Wars. Agreed. Yeah, it, it plays really well. Um, do we want me to do I want to say a recap here? Or? Yeah, so I mean, we'll do a quick recap. This episode picks up immediately following the previous arc where a group of Mandalorians apparently had been spying on the Pikes uh, led by Bo-Katan and they hire, quote-unquote, I guess, convince Ahsoka that they she should be their emissary to the Republic in helping free Mandalore from Darth Maul's rule. Unfortunately, the Empire, or the uh, Republic cannot help. And so they send a squad of clone troopers under Ahsoka's charge to Mandalore where they um, try to free the people uh, from Maul's reign all while the fall of the Republic is occurring on Correct. Coruscant. Also, we get one uh, last good, like official goodbye from from uh, Anakin to Ahsoka, even though they don't really know it at the time. But, you know. Right. And it's a good goodbye, though. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's, it, it's like double sad because I don't, you know, they don't really think that it is the goodbye, you know. Uh, you know. Also, I, I liked Obi-Wan's outro there, his little line about uh, killing Darth Maul. That was a cool Yeah, Obi-Wan it was good. <laughs> it was good. I, I have long said that my wish list for this show was that the last thing we'd see for Anakin and Obi-Wan is that they would rush off and save the Chancellor, and I got exactly that. You got exactly what you yeah, wanted. Yeah. Yeah. These four episodes are fantastic. They're so yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was saying, I, uh, the, the first one is, is mostly set up. I mean, it's mostly like payoff. Yeah. Here are the yeah. characters you like. Here's all the setup stuff we have to put in place for the next three episodes to happen, and the next three episodes just go. Yeah, and it does you like... No favors. It is scene after scene after scene of just this buildup that we've waited a long time for. Didn't know if we'd ever actually get resolution or if we thought we were going to get resolution, it was going to come in the form of a comic book that nobody would read. And, uh, you know, just thank goodness for Dave Filoni or whoever that was like, no, we're going to, we're going to stick to our guns and actually do this thing. Cause it, it, it really pays off. I do want to say one note of hesitation for it, which is if you've read E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka novel, this book, this, this show craps all over it. It is an entirely different version of that story. Hmm. Um, oh, no shit. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. Uh, even down to the Blue Sabres, which is uh, an interesting change in the show. Uh, but God, man. Whitworth's Mall is incredible. The fact yeah. that they brought Ray Park back to do motion capture for race uh, for Mall's fight scenes, awesome. Um, I mean, just everything about it is exactly how they should have done this show. For sure, yeah. So the the plot of the second episode is is like the actual is it actually the Siege of Mandalore? Is that the yeah official yeah, yeah. Siege? Uh, so it, it's it's uh, Ahsoka and some Mandalorians and, and the clone troopers fighting Darth Maul and his Maulalorians that are other Mandalorians. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's a bunch of people in cool looking armor with cool looking guns shooting at each other all the time, which eventually well, just you haven't watched rebels, but that's Garth Saxon. Who's the Mandalorian like warlord in charge of Mandalore 
after all of this. Gotcha. So all, all of that, all of those like kind of random Mandalorians, which is kind of weird, but we haven't seen it all in Clone Wars. So they introduced in, in Rebels. They were like, oh, here's a little bit of an origin story for those right. guys. Right. Continuity, man. And all this ends up leading up to a big confrontation between Ahsoka and Darth Maul, where Darth Maul is trying to recruit her to, uh, to fight with him to, to kill Darth Sidious, uh, which she is, like, considering, it seems like, until he says that he's seen that Anakin's going to be Sidious's new apprentice, and she's like, no fucking way, brah. And then they fight. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's great because she's totally wrong. She's totally wrong, but like, what a great fight scene! Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, one of the best uh, lightsaber fights. It's it's really fucking good. Uh, Can we also talk about the fact the name of that episode is The Phantom Apprentice? How <laughs> awesome is that? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great name. I agree. The third episode is. I don't remember what the name of it is. Shadow. Um, shattered oh you're right good job um and, i'll and remembered it because it's a stone song and i'll say i'll say the music is great in all of these episodes yep. like like it, everything is kind of based on the john williams score there's some liberties taken here and there most of the, the episodes of this show you know kind of standard musical cues for this kind of tv show uh but again this this is like a different level it's it's, it's super cinematic i felt like i was watching fucking blade runner in this episode uh, it's just got like all these like atmospheric synths and shit. It's very ominous and unsettling, and I loved it. Yeah, this episode is, uh, you know, they capture Maul, and they try to figure out what they're going to do with them. And the uh, Republic, you know, asks for him to be brought in. And we've already found out that Anakin and Obi Wan were successful in rescuing the Chancellor, and we get a really great scene of the Jedi Council meeting with Ahsoka and discussing what to do with with maul and you know you know that mace windu is about to go to his death immediately following this event uh, and, um building, that was probably my favorite thing about 66 but, but that, that's probably my favorite thing about all of it is it really plays well on knowing what's going to happen next. for sure like, yes yeah. that's that's not always a great thing but in this it was it, it, it was what the tension was built completely around. Like these guys think, oh man, we've, we've just gotten through a tough spot and everything's fine. And, and that is not how it works out. So yeah, as, as uh, Christian was saying, this, this episode is really kind of about like where Ahsoka was for, uh, for order 66, where the clone troopers turn on all the Jedi. Uh, and turns it turns out she out- was in the worst position possible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey. uh, which I don't know if I don't know if Star Wars has done enough space horror shit, mm-hmm. but you know spaceships are scary as hell, man. <laughs> I think uh, I think this episode capitalizes on it pretty well and made me realize, oh, well, they should do a little bit more space horror in in Star Wars. And then finally, the last episode is Ahsoka escaping and saving Captain Rex because we know he makes it out um, and gets his uh, inhibitor chip removed and ends with. Gosh, what a powerful, like, 30 seconds there with Darth Vader finding her sabers. But the, mm-hmm. the best part, the best part of that scene is it's the callback to the first episode of the Stark with Ahsoka and Anakin standing in front of all of those clone troopers saying, you know, they wanted to fight for you. And they all have the, the painted helmets on. And then now all of those helmets are on a stake. And there's Anakin as Darth Vader standing alone holding his former Padawan's lightsaber, like, gosh, 
that is circular storytelling for Absolutely, everyone who man. doesn't know what it is. That that's, is a perfect example. That's what I'm saying, man. Like Dave Filoni just fucking gets it, man, on like a level that I will never get, you know? Jay, you any thoughts? Uh yeah, the I mean the 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 last episode is great. The the uh the action sequence of them getting off the ship is is original. I've not seen that particular action sequence in the in Star Wars before, where someone is outside of a spaceship trying to get in. And uh, and yeah, that that final scene was great, and it was a bummer. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you know. Joseph said this was this this is a you know it started with a movie and ends with a movie. Uh, that first movie was for kids, man. This I don't know if this last movie was for kids because that ending's a gut punch for sure. Yeah, which is yeah, apparently how they like to end it. And and for also, sure. you know, I, I I like that the this show ended with Cody. I mean, I'm sorry, not Rex and uh, Ahsoka together because you know essentially both of their ways of life ended on the same day. So it was uh, it was good storytelling to have those two people experience that together. Yeah, it's not something... I did not anticipate the show to go into the events of Revenge of the Sith, but I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. it, it really does play really well and work really well. It's incredibly, incredibly impressive, like you were talking about, Jehu. The way they build tension with you knowing what's going to happen can go wrong so easily but yet it works so perfectly in this one circumstance yeah now it was i mean when i mean when you know what's about to happen and she's on that ship full of clones who she <laughs> uh, who she completely trusts with her life you know we of course know from other things that she wasn't she was going to survive but if there hadn't been a rebels man i would have been worried oh shit this is going to be the end of ahsoka for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing that I really wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting, um, and because I'm a real, uh, I'm a huge nerd for this, of course, but one of the things that I'm a nerd within a nerd about is the sabers. Um, you know, one of my big sticklers for Rise of Skywalker is the way Anakin's saber is treated. And uh, one of my big sticklers for the, for this arc is how Ahsoka's sabers are treated. Ahsoka ended Clone Wars with green sabers, and yet Anakin gives her back blue ones. There is some discussion on the internet, and Dave Filoni has talked about this, that that was actually Anakin's. Because the sabers were with Anakin, the crystals had turned blue, and it's it's supposed to be a form of his control over her. Like, her inability to see that Maul is telling the truth about his turn to the dark side is because he has such an effect over Ahsoka Tano, uh, which is why the sabers are blue now, which, I, I mean, I think is, is, is pretty interesting. I don't know that it's exactly clear. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that in the, in the Ahsoka book, she buries her sabers... And she eventually, uh, she decides at one point she needs to build new lightsabers and she's looking for kyber crystals and she finds these ones and her blades come out white. And it turns out that those are her initial, those are her original kyber crystals. They've just changed to represent who she is now. And I, I kind of prefer that more than her just building new sabers that turn out white because that was really like... It plays really well in the book, even if it sounds kind of sentimental. Right. Um, obvious, obviously, that can't be the case now as Darth Vader has one of her lightsabers. Mm. Uh, but it was one of the things that I was a little more resistant against accepting um, because of how well I think that story was told in the, in the Ahsoka novel. Mm. So um, 
you guys have both said you think there'll probably be more of this, even though they're uh, they're uh, they, they said this is the final season. What are what are ways you think it might come back? I definitely think a prequel is an option that you could tell stories between the film where Anakin gets a Padawan and even the first season of Clone Wars. Mm. Uh, but also, it's a non-chronological story. To exactly. Begin with. Yeah. Um, so you could just do more one-off episode or, or arcs like you did with the sixth season and that none of it, you know, it doesn't have to line up uh, exactly. The, the reason, I, the thing I think they still have to do is uh, there's a, there's a I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but there's a story called Son of Dothamir that is one of the, well, I, I talked about this earlier in the podcast, the oddball things that stayed in continuity. When, you know, when, Disney bought it out, you know, it was pretty much just big things that stayed in continuity. The movies, the series, that sort of thing. But there was this one novel slash comic adaptation uh, called Son of Dathomir that was based on an unproduced Clone Wars story. And they reference it in the, in the final arc. When Darth Maul says to the, the, the two Death Watch people, you know, the thing about uh, freeing them from Palpatine, that they were referencing that story. So I, I, and it's a cool story because it's just all bad guys versus bad guys. It's, um, it's Darth Maul versus Grievous versus uh, Count Dooku. So I think at some point they'll do, they'll do that story. Do you guys feel like, I feel like anyway, in, that this show is a lot of setup for what we'll see in the Mandalorian. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I walked. I finished this season thinking we're absolutely getting Ahsoka Tano and we're absolutely getting Bo Katan in that show. I would agree with that totally. Do you have anything else? I'm good. All right. I, I th- I'm sure I'll think of more things, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you can you can you can write it on your blog spot or something. Well, cool guy. That's that's uh, the last se- the last quote unquote season of Clone Wars. Again, if you've made if you've made it this far and you haven't watched the show, I mean, good on you. You must be starving for content. but uh really if you haven't watched the show or if you just don't remember it's worth it's it really is just uh it's good star wars shit it's it's a it's a fun time uh thanks dave filoni uh well in i I guess with that out of the way what have you been watching guys i will start i didn't watch much this week i continued fairy tales pretty good still i did watch the sonic movie Uh um and you know what? I'm going to say better than Transformers. It's fun. It's definitely a kid's movie. I'm still saying Detective Pikachu is the best video game video movie. game, yeah, adaptation. But this one is good. It's better than you, know, you think it's going to be. It's very much like all of those other CGI live-action hybrid films, um, but just a little bit more nostalgic because you recognize some of the things. There are a clan of echidnas at the beginning of the movie. I'm sad there's no Knuckles. Oh. Um, but for the most part, you know, good time. I'd recommend it. Jim Carrey is old school Jim Carrey in it, which is a nice return to form. And Sonic is not annoying, but um, what's his butt? Who's in all of these movies? Cyclops. He's not great, but James you know, he's there. Yeah, James Marsden. F that guy. <laughs> and because it is May 4th, I watched Rise of Skywalker again. Oh, boy. Uh, first time since theaters. I only watched it once in theaters. And look, I didn't hate it as much, but it's still the worst of those three. Uh, I feel like a lot of my problems with it are validated. But um, I, I would say this. I am a child of the 
prequel era. Um, I still think original Star Wars is best Star Wars, but the Star Wars that I grew up with was the prequels. Um, and things like the Clone Wars have made the prequels better. It is enhanced to those films. And I've really grown to love that generation of those stories. However, this movie really hates that generation of stories. <laughs> and uh, so there's going to be a disconnect for me um, with it on that. Um, the movie is very much that Luke Skywalker, Luke and Leia Skywalker are the main characters of Star Wars. And, and I just fundamentally disagree. I'm a diehard Anakin fan. And uh, this movie doesn't really you know, even hardly acknowledge Anakin Skywalker. So it's just going to, it's always going to have an uphill battle with me, but that's it. I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me of one thing I was going to ask during Clone Wars. Do you think with Clone Wars being as good as it is, do you need all the prequels now? Cause I've already decided I don't need episode two anymore. Clone Wars is episode two. You motherfuckers. Yeah, I could probably I could probably agree with that assumption. Uh, at least at least episode two, um, yeah. it's a good companion for episode three, and uh, it really doesn't address episode one at all. But right. um, anything you get out of episode two, you get out of Clone Wars, and it's better. I can't <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with either of those points. But I will. Episode two is the hill I'm going to continue to die on. It's fuck you guys. It's not as bad as you make it out to be. <laughs> that that's such a weird thing to take that I, I always forget you've taken that stance. When <laughs> your only thing is taking contrarian stances, that one's still so strange. <laughs> I forget about it. Well, very good, Hurt. What have you been watching? Uh, man, I, for May the 4th today, I watched Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, which I call Star Wars because I'm old. And, uh, you know, I don't have much to say about it, except that movie's still fucking great. Uh, you know, there's, there's not really a lot to say about a movie that everybody's seen. But, you know, I think, I think it does a disservice sometimes to think of it as just a part of, you know, this large thing. It's this really good thing just on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, uh, in, in addition to that, I, I've been watching uh, a show on uh, Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. Has anybody been watching this at all? No. Uh, it's on its second season. It's basically... Uh, I, I, the only reason I can think of that it's not a bigger deal is because it's on Vice and nobody watches Vice. But uh, it's essentially, you know, a documentary just like everybody loves now where you uh, recount some sort of lurid thing with the past, from the past with a lot of uh, twists and turns. It just happens to be set in the wrestling world. And, I, you know, I think, uh, I think wrestling's a great place to set that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of the episodes really revolve around, too, like the era of kayfabe still being a thing. So there's this, you know, additional thing on top of whatever sort of murder scandal that's going on that also it's part of an industry that's trying to protect how its inner workings work. And it's, uh, I think it's, a, you know, even when it's, you know, about murder and things like that, it's, I think it's a fun show. Uh, the only episodes that I would say aren't fun are the two Benoit episodes. Those are just sad. It's just watching a bunch of people who were really close to a dude wondering what the fuck happened. Um, but uh, but those are still really good episodes. But I'd highly recommend it. If I was going to recommend two episodes, I would say uh, the Montreal Screwjob episode is really good. It's a really fun episode about a fun era of wrestling and about two wrestlers who just genuinely fucking hate each other. 
and the slap heard around the world episode, which is uh, an, an incident that probably everyone knows about, even if they don't, that even if you've never watched wrestling, you've probably watched the kit, the clip of John Stossel getting the shit slapped out of him by a wrestler. Uh, this is, uh, which a lot of people misidentify as being Geraldo, but it's John Stossel. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's a whole episode about that. And I think both those episodes are really fucking good. But that, that's all I got. Uh, I also haven't been watching that much this week. I spent a lot of my weekend watching The Clone Wars because I hadn't been watching any of it. I finished Uncharted 2 on the PS4. It's a lot of fun. Those are fun games. It's Indiana Jones, but you murder so many people. I'm not saying... I've also been playing Uncharted, and gosh, you do murder a ton. I'm not saying that Indiana Jones didn't murder people, but I mean, like, I would be not, like, not even, like, the greatest mass murder in the world, but, like, by by several country miles. Uh, Paul Thompson's once referred to uh, uh, Indiana Jones's job as archaeologist slash murderer. So it's it's funny that this is a more murdery version. <laughs> it of is. It great. is. Uh, when I finished when I finished the first one, I finished with like eighty headshots. Yeah, yeah. And that same. is still probably only a quarter of the amount of people I actually killed. <laughs> For <them>. sure. Yeah, <laughs> like the first one is particularly silly because it takes place like all on one island. It's like how many motherfuckers are on this island? But anyway, Uncharted Two is fun. I still have Uncharted Three, which I've never played before, so that'll be up next. I watched a uh, the wife and I watched a Tom Segura uh, comedy special, whatever his most recent one is. Uh, it was fine. There's a level of asshole comedian that I'm I'm willing to tolerate, and Tom Segura is the edge of that. Uh, I Bill, really, I, Bill, I Bill really Burr. liked his first record, but yeah. man, he gets on my nerves now. Yeah, Bill Burr is like right on the other side of that line for me, uh, and Tom Segura is is the end of my tolerance. And I, I, I generally think he's he's okay. Just I don't still think it was his best special. So wait, you think that Bill Burr is a bigger asshole than Tom Segura? I do. Hard disagree. I'm with Jehu. I disagree. Uh, uh, I can't stand Tom Segura. I, I, I would totally enjoy hanging out with Bill Burr. I would not want to be caught in a room with See, uh, Tom I, I, I agree with that uh, on like hangout ability. <laughs> but right. just as far as like their actual like routines, personal opinion, I don't know. Right. Um, and then the wife and I, uh, well, I'm restarting. The wife is starting uh, Kill la Kill, the anime, which has been a weird experience for me. Because Dude, what were you gonna say? I tried it. I tried it. It's too far out there for me. You've got it. And well, I could not imagine watching it with my wife. And that's the key. Like it requires a buy-in at some point, or you just like you you gotta buy into it. Like it's a real ridiculous pervy show. Uh and 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 part of it, like that is part of the joke. A lot of the the story revolves around like this idea like clothing is evil and nudity is good. <laughs> Um, and there's like it, it's it's a weirdly wholesome show with a spectacular amount of not technically nudity but heavy emphasis on the technically. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's just it's impossible to explain to somebody. And I think there's an episode like three episodes in where it, like the premise of the episode is essentially just like you just got to roll with it, man. Like you're not gonna have a good time if you don't roll with it. And that's to the main character as far as like all the nudity stuff, but it's really to the audience to be like, this is just what it's going to be. Buy in. And if you buy in, it's a great time. It's one of my very favorite shows. My wife has not fully bought in yet, so I'm not sure how far we're going to get with it. What was the name of this again? Kill a Kill. I, kill. Sure. I love it. It's so, so good, but it is, 
hard to explain to people, especially if you're just watching it on mute. Actually, if just you're watching it at any point and somebody looks at the screen. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. Well, good. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, right. Do we have any ideas for next week? I'm sure we've talked about it, but nothing comes to mind. Okay. Well, next week, yeah, we'll, we'll be back with more uh, slightly less quarantined content, but still from Zoom. Right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, favorite episodes, favorite characters, you know, we love talking about the Clone Wars, so please send it in. You can reach us at realphonies uh, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.